0: Good morning, everybody. How are you? Hope all is well. Welcome to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. I've got my coffee here. It's early this morning, which I'm actually proud of myself. I got up, got moving, didn't uh, waste too much time this morning. I think yesterday's conversation about waking up might have been helpful. I will tell myself that and that's fine. So today's meditation, I think also very inspirational. Maybe not not ironically, right? Because I'm still thinking about it, obviously. But I think it sort of is related to at least a part of what we discussed yesterday. So this to me is one among many very clear references to Memento Mori, very clear examples of Marcus Aurelius reminding himself of his own mortality in the meditations. So again, we're always trying to keep in mind that he was sitting down and writing in a journal for himself, trying to lead a good life. He was a stoic Right. Or let's even say uh, he was trying to, I think, practice Stoicism because even to say he was a Stoic, right? There's some perspectives in ancient philosophy that to call oneself a philosopher is problematic, right? Like I I don't ever call myself that. I study philosophy. So I don't even know necessarily how how Marcus would feel about me calling him that, right? Because the idea is that we never, you know, I don't love the word never, but the idea is we're pursuing wisdom, not that we necessarily have it that's the main sort of posture, if you will, right? So in this in this meditation, in this book, he's really reminding himself throughout, right? Of, an, of a number of things. I think we've already picked up on repetition with other issues, but this is, I think, our first very clear, lucid example where Marcus is like really telling himself, right? So it's number 17 on page 41 of the Gregory Hayes translation. And he says to himself, or writes to himself, quote, not to live as if you had endless years ahead of you. Death overshadows you while you're alive and able, be good. So I love this for its simplicity. I love, you know, for me, I'm a fan of Memento Mori. I mentioned my painting that I I look at, right? I I think of this kind of stuff to myself, I would say quite often. And I I sometimes wonder how, because I am pretty good at having certain daily rituals, right? And Memento Mori is not necessarily one of them. Like I think there are some weeks where I think about it every day, other weeks or maybe every other day or so. But I wonder, you know, what would happen if I made a little more of a conscious effort to really sit with this idea? And maybe this will inspire me. Maybe this will be a part of um, my new sort of routine. Maybe this will be a part of my daily writing. My daily writing at the moment is like one one to four lines a day really just of gratitude. I find it to be very helpful. And then I also always set intentions in a different notebook, kind of like a bird's eye view of the day, right? But I think adding some memento more in my life might be good. So I might, I might run with that, but let's look at this quote a little bit more closely, right? He's reminding himself, right? You don't live forever. Death overshadows, it kind of, it's like a lingering thing, right? And that last line I think is obviously encouraging. And I think we could apply it to many different things. I think for Marcus Aurelius, again as a student of Stoicism, I think be good really applies to his own soul. Right, this idea of for Sto for the Stoics, a good life is a life in which you are virtuous. You behave virtuously, and your inner dispositions are also virtuous. So you're striving for tranquility, for clarity. Right. And then when you act in the world, you're striving to be of service. You're striving to be just towards others. You're striving to tell the truth. That is what a good life is. There's another quote from him on goodness that uh, I was uh, I was teaching and it came up and we had to kind of unpack it, right? He says, wherever life is possible, a good life is possible. And that's really only, you know, the that only works in the stoic context, right? Because when we think of the good life, I think, in our modern conception, we might think of certain things like material wealth and um, job opportunities and those things are good, right? I, I think ultimately too the Stoics would agree that wealth is a good. I think even Aristotle would agree wealth is a good, but it's not the good. It's not the most important good. It's not what makes a life good. Because as I mentioned, I think a while ago, right, you could have a lot of money and an unvirtuous soul and do horrible things and feel horrible. So it doesn't mean... Goodness, in the way that Marcus is saying here, right? So, although those are goods and we should pursue them, we really have to make sure how we pursue them and how we behave once we attain certain levels of them, right? And how we feel, right? Because the idea for the Stoic is you could have all these material things, all these worldly things, and still feel empty and still be cruel, and all that would be a problem, right? It would defeat the it would defeat its own purpose. So ultimately, he say, I think again, encouraging himself here. Look, you're not here forever. Make the best of this life, which is to say, be as virtuous as you can be. That being said, I also think it's interesting to apply this to whatever it is we're doing, right? To not just try to do things during the day, but trying to be good at them, because ultimately we aren't here forever. And I think with this really, fit, what this really fits into as well is, is the ancient Greek conception of eudaimonia, which is like bigger and better than happiness and different too, right? So happiness comes and goes. I think, you know, John Stuart Mill, another philosopher, not from the ancient world, remarks on like happiness kind of flickering like a candle, right? It's there, then it's not. And it's, you know, it kind of, it's hard to control, right? So we maybe need something bigger to set against the unhappy moments of life, right? So the ancient Greeks had this idea, eudaimonia, which sort of, I'm doing a rough translation here, basically means like life's purpose or like fulfillment. And one part of it is that, you know, we strive to leave the world a better place as a result of our presence, right? So after we're gone, whether it's we've left this job or we've left this relationship or we've left this life, things are better off as a result of what we've done, right? So that should drive us. And I think we have to make room for a lot of different emotions, a lot of different states of being when pursuing eudaimonia. And even when fully, let's say embodying a moment where we're in touch with eudaimonia, this idea of, oh, wow, I left this better. It was right. I improved this, I improved myself as a part of this conversation, too. Of course, right? But it's fulfillment, not just happiness. In order to pursue and achieve moments of fulfillment, we need to have suffering. Right? There's a great Italian saying, it's like you need the bitter and the sweet. And I think eudaimonia or the pursuit of eudaimonia makes more room for that than let's strictly say the pursuit of happiness. Right? So while you're alive and able, be good. I think. Fits more nicely into eudaimonia because that pursuit of being good is not always going to be pleasant. It's not always going to be full of happiness. It's not going to happen, right, all the time. So I think he's reminding himself here when dealing with the day or as he's getting ready to deal with the day, just try to be good. No matter what it throws at you, don't be bothered by things for no reason. Don't blow things out of proportion. And that's also one of the powers of Memento More that I've experienced. When you are aware of that, you tend to waste at least a little bit less time on bullshit. That's what I noticed. I, I, I cared a little bit less about just stuff that didn't matter. I was able to say, I know this doesn't matter. Am I really going to waste my limited time on earth worrying about this shit? I'm not going to let it get to me as much as I usually did. It became a more effective way to dismiss certain thoughts. And I think when we get good at dismissing thoughts, that's good, but we also then need to get good at changing the channel, right? So introducing new thoughts. So, having ready, let's, let's say having projects in life that we can readily and easily shift our gaze to is really helpful, right? So I dismiss the thought that my like, right, what do I do now? Oh, let me think about this thing I'm doing. Let me think about this book I want to write. Let me think about this thing at work. Let me think about how I want to, um, you know, develop myself intellectually. Let, let me put on a different song. So it's like, we need different ways and let's say pathways more so to direct our thinking, once we get good at dismissing the thoughts. So memento mori for me is that turning point. Cause also we don't want to live there. All right. I would not recommend anyone to sit 24 hours a day, um, thinking about their own mortality. So the idea is that I'm not here forever. Boom. Then you have to move somewhere else. You have to go. You can't just sit on that thought, but it's really good for redirecting ideas and thinking that, you know, you shouldn't be having that aren't healthy for you, that aren't productive or true or just or useful. So here he is, I think, in this short quote, reminding himself of that. Don't act like you're here forever, man. Try to be good. And then understand that pursuit, understand that that pursuit is likely going to involve dealing with some externals you don't want to put up with, and likely involve some internal stuff that might not be great, but we're pursuing something that's of value. We're pursuing something that's good. Use this idea that death overshadows you to inspire you to take mo to take this moment and do something with it. So again, maybe if this kind of resonates with you, see if you can establish a Memento Mori practice, right? So, um, I can't say I've seen or read all of his books and videos because he's done a lot of work. But Ryan Holiday is a modern Stoic who I've read a number of his books, I've watched a number of his videos. I think overall he's doing great work at the Daily Stoic. They have a coin, like a Memento Mori coin that you know you buy, you carry with you as a you know a daily reminder, a constant reminder um, of you know, this idea that we're not here forever. Again, my painting, I think works for me. I meditate on that. Sometimes I just look at it. And as I said, I might want to extend that a little bit into a daily practice of a little more, a little greater intensity. Uh, But yeah, maybe work this into your life. See how this might feel, right? This reminder, whether it's something you think, something you write and then read. Maybe again, it's a painting or this coin from Daily Stoic you buy, whatever. Try to work it in maybe. And see how it feels. And maybe also think about ways in life that you might be procrastinating or ways in life you might be wasting time. And how could memento more? just remember, look, my, this is it for me. This is it today in a life that, you know, tomorrow was in promise. This is how I'm going to spend the day. And another question, too, this raises, I think, is what are you really trying hard to get good at? I think trying to get good at stuff actually makes life really meaningful. For me, I'm trying to get good at, and this has been my lifelong challenge. It'll likely continue to be. I'll make a piece with that. I'm trying to get good at patience and understanding that life has seasons, right? And understanding that nothing's perfect. That's fine. And we have to just pursue and embrace what's preferred, right? So not making things so intense, all or nothing, or having them, you know, um, having them either be perfect or terrible. Like, no, like everything, not necessarily everything. I don't love that word. Everything and never I think I I use sparingly. And there are situations in which the word never should be used, of course. Um, And the word everything should be used, of course. But what I'm trying to convey here is that, you know, if you live a life where everything is constantly either perfect or terrible, things aren't going to go well. So I'm trying to, because I have a tendency to do that. I I run a little hot, a little cold, and that's how things go. So I'm trying to balance that out. So for me, I'm trying to see that, you know, I prefer to do this over that. It doesn't mean that the second thing that I don't necessarily want to do doesn't mean it's the worst thing in the world. It doesn't mean that it's going to be horrible. It just means it's not my preferred state. So for me, that's something I'm trying to get good at. I'm trying to just get good at having more, let's say, balanced or calm responses to things that aren't necessarily what I want them to be in the moment. So whether it's a tough day at work, I'm like, I really don't want to do this right now, or it's um you know some difficulty working on my doctorate which has been frequent recently um i'd rather not sit and do these citations but it's okay it's not the worst thing in the world i'm going to try to be good at it and i could do my preferred thing which would be maybe be to write more creatively on this project in an hour from now again small examples very deliberately right but i do think a part of what we're doing with the meditations especially is trying to lead a daily life because that's what he was doing with this book right so i'm trying to use examples um, as I normally do anyway, but with this book, really trying to stick to day-to-day examples because I think we're really getting a, a peek into, once again, the most powerful person on earth at the time, their day-to-day life through and with philosophy, just trying to make it better. So choose something to be good at, set good, set good expectations for yourself, and a Memento memento I think can be some of that inspiration to get us moving in that direction. Thank you for listening. Take care. I'll talk to you soon.